just make the decision because as soon as I make that, even if it is the 50% that's wrong, like I'm gonna know that immediately. So at least I know that the other one is 50% right. And then again, I can go back and course correct. Um, so I think it's just like atrophy is the killer of all things. Like as long as we continue moving, like that's how we don't die. And, and I think in pivots and disruptions periods, like that's the key. Welcome to the Agile Digital Transformation Podcast, where we explore different aspects of digital transformation and digital experience with your host, Tim Butera, Content and Community Manager at Agile Drop. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm joined today by Cody Schneider, founder of the AI SEO content engine DraftHorse AI. Today, we'll be talking about how to navigate career pivots through disruption and volatility, and Cody will be sharing some of his personal experience with needing to make a sudden shift in his career. Welcome to the show, Cody. We're very happy to have you as our guest today. Want to add anything before we dive in? No, thanks for having me, Tim. That's my only uh, my only thing to add. We're super excited to be here. Yep. As, as I was just telling you before we started recording, I'm also excited about this conversation. I think it's very relatable even for, for people who maybe work in technology but aren't hands-on with technology, especially, which we'll also discuss, especially considering everything that's been happening this year in the tech space. So yeah, uh, excited to dive into it with you. Can you actually start by sharing some of your personal experiences where you had to suddenly make a career pivot and how that impacted you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think the the biggest career pivots that happened. Um, so I started out in uh, e-commerce and then ended up in B2B marketing because a lot of what I had learned in e-com uh, was transferable there. That was kind of a, a massive, I, I think, shock just to understand the differences from a client expectation standpoint. So uh, really, the, the biggest thing was just like over communication is your best friend. I think that's like the thing that people forget most often is like, how do I create as much transparency as possible? This is something we, we really try to do within our company as well, where it's like just constant documentation of what people are working on. Um, it works way better when it's like smaller teams. But I think it also when you can scale that up where it's like, okay, I'm just doing loom videos and posting them in public channels right so like screen recordings talking through the things that we just learned or the data that we just acquired or the the learning that we just had those can be a, kind of incredibly effective so that that was kind of my first huge career change the second one after that was going from b2b marketing agency world to really tech i moved out to san francisco and uh, worked for a early stage startup out there and again just the biggest difference there was the uh, the level of autonomy and like they want you to make action like you know the the worst thing you can do is not making action and so that again was kind of one of those big big kind of mindset shifts of like make the decision even if it's the wrong one at least it's a step in a direction and then you can you know correct course based on like once you know like oh this is the wrong way that we need to be going right so it's the when we stay in the same place that's when the worst mm -hmm. you know the worst outcomes happen so that sounds like uh, both of your career changes or, or the lessons that you learn from these two major career pivots kind of fall in line a lot with the agile methodologies and the agile mindset, right, of kind of totally. uh, over communication. It might not be an agile thing specifically, but it's like communicating clearly, transparently, efficiently without wasting people's time. That That, that makes sense. And also kind of just launch it, do something and learn from your mistakes instead of trying to think of every possible thing that could go wrong beforehand. And then obviously we'll never account for everything. And even if you do, like when are you going to be finished with that? So yeah. 
hundred percent, hundred percent. I think it, you know, it's it, we can spend so much time focusing on all of these tales that we think could happen, but in mm-hmm. reality, like once it's out in public, like how the user uses it and what we expected them to do are two entirely different things. Mm-hmm. And so the things that we were planning for, they actually aren't the ones that are the problems, right? Like all the all the bugs that we like <laughs> get are, you know, we we won't even know they exist until it's out in public. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, how do I speed up that that feedback process to be as fast as possible? And then just create a user experience that's framed around that. So they understand like, hey, things are going to be like not perfect, but we're going to fix them really quickly. And actually, I think it creates a really great opportunity for you on the client management side when you do that, right? It's like, you're showing them like, okay, here's this problem that you just had. And we just solved that problem. And if you do that consistently, I mean, you'll make a lifelong client in that, in, in that going through that, that motion. Yeah, that was a great add-on. But can we actually take a little step back maybe from, from discussing different businesses and the business aspect? And I want to focus for a little bit on the most important individual traits and tactics for being able to like effectively make these job pivots and pivot through volatility. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just like come from it with like the mindset of friendliness. That sounds so dumb, but it's <laughs> it's really just like assuming that the person that you're interacting with like isn't malicious. Like that's not always the case. It depends on the setting. But I think when you can both like mutually like be like, okay, like they're trying to improve and I'm trying to improve. And then just like that creates this line of uh, receptiveness to that feedback. And then having defined North Star goals, that's like a huge <laughs> thing, I think, in that, that career pivot of like, okay, I'm I'm going from here to here. Like, what are these agreed upon things that my manager and I have decided are what I'm measured against? Like, how do I define those? And then what are the like, what are the ways that I'm tracking that? Whether that's dashboards or you know, whatever that is. I think without having like something that <laughs> you're working towards that your superior is agreeing on or whatever your career is that's related to your career, it's very hard to you know, just know where you stand, I guess is a good way to say it. So Mm -hmm. of the progress you're making in that transitional period within your career. So I think uh, one thing that one concept that also is very relevant here is the imposter syndrome. And I'm guessing that with these sudden career shifts and pivots, imposter syndrome can be even more likely, especially if everything is changing in the entirety of the business as well. And so I'm guessing that uh, setting some kind of uh, baseline KPIs or some kind of North Star goals greatly diminishes the risks of like long term or, or serious imposter syndrome. Definitely. Yeah. And I think the other thing with imposter syndrome is like at every level you should have imposter syndrome if you're growing. Like if you Mm -hmm. don't have imposter syndrome right now, like that's a strong call to action that you need to like change your life to like, you know, be challenging yourself more because it's you should, you know, unless you're content, right, with like where you are in your career currently. Um, But uh, for a lot of people, like you can get stuck in that kind of rhythm. And then it's like, I, I know exactly what I'm doing, but if you're if you were trying to continue to grow throughout your whole you know career, like I think you should constantly be pushing that boundary and that envelope. And like that imposter syndrome is a natural like response to when you're pushing yourself to that next place. So you should always like try to be at least a little bit out of your comfort zone. Definitely, definitely. No, I mean, not that's too the much. Point of all of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it, it's all in healthy doses, and everybody has different like levels of that discomfort that they 
yeah, are comfortable with. <laughs> it's a kind of an oxymoron, but um, I like it. But I, I think that it. is, yeah, yeah, I think it's kind of true though, where it's like we we all need to assess, like, okay, what are the how like what are the boundaries that I can push myself towards, like towards that whatever that goal is that I'm trying to to get to. And for everybody, it's different. Um, so yeah. So I'm guessing that, that this uh, would be one of the key challenges with like disruptions and pivoting during disruptions. What are the other ones that we really need to talk about today? Yeah, I think I think the largest challenge is knowing what like is signal and what's noise. Mm. So when you know, I, I come at, come at it from a founder's perspective, but when like the biggest thing that I'm facing on a day to day basis is like we get feedback from customers and clients, and it's like, okay, well, what is actually the thing that what is the signal and what is noise? Like, what is the the thing that we should actually do based off of all of this data that we have? And I think that's like one of the hardest things in in pivots and disruptions is because like you just don't have a transparent view of like what's actually going on and and what's occurring. And so because of that, it, it's really it's it, you're you're making decisions off of you know fifty percent right data, right? And so mm-hmm. it's like okay, well that's like <laughs> it's not it's not perfect. And so I think there for a lot of people and like me included, like the thing I have to challenge myself on is like okay, just make the decision because as soon as I make that even if it is the 50% that's wrong, like I'm going to know that immediately. So at mm-hmm. least I know that the other one is 50% right. And then again, I can go back mm-hmm. and force correct. Um, so I think it's just like atrophy is the killer of all things. Like as long as we continue moving, like that's how we don't die. And and I think in pivots and disruptions periods, like that's the key is like, if you just stand still, you're more likely to, you know, fall down rather than like if you keep moving around like you will at some point figure out okay this is the path forward right this is the right path for me to follow to to make sure that i can uh, adjust to this this disruptive moment so yeah and this ties perfectly to to one of the key things you highlighted in the beginning right the importance of just doing something just make the decision just do something instead of trying instead of uh, wasting time trying to to think of every possible thing and and then getting paralyzed or or getting atrophied to, to, to use the more recent term you use instead of like like actually doing stuff and making things happen totally totally i think that's a simple thing that like it's like make a decision and even if it's wrong it like and again this is just a mantra that i always kind of have mm-hmm. running in the back of my head the the indecision is what kills nothing else kills so and if you if you're doing it right i mean if you're on the right path then, then like these errors and learnings of what was wrong when you you should have chosen right are just stepping stones to to get you like to that 100%. perfect place. Hundred percent, yeah. I, I I always try to talk about it as like a field of vision. So it's like I have mm. this field of vision, and like as long as I make a step in the direction towards like we'll say like north, right? Like I can step go northwest, I can go northeast, but I'm still moving north, like in collective mm. collection, right? But with every step that I take, that like field of vision gets more focused, like, okay, this is my actual goal. This is what I'm trying to do. But without taking those steps forward, I don't have any of that, like, uh, you know, I, I don't have any of that refinement that happens. So mm, that, that was such a great example. Yeah. And another thing that I really wanted to ask you is how can you balance the timing of making a career pivot? versus trying to thrive in your existing lane so i mean i guess this is especially important when it comes to like hugely disruptive tech trends such as ai that we're seeing this year yeah i think um with with these types of trends so (laughs) 
that my my blunt answer is like chase the money <laughs> <laughs> so it's like if you see it just personally like I, I saw this so often where it was like friends of mine that were at, in positions at their current company and they got offered more opportunity at another and they like just didn't want to make the jump because that transition kind of scared them i think mm -hmm. that that was like something that like just do do that thing like always always move towards that whenever that opportunity arises I think the the pivoting piece is really comes down to like focusing on like what that that goal is, and then also like looking at the environment it, like the when the landscape is changing. Like for example, like we have this massive tech change like like change that's occurring right now. Like the base technology is shifting, which is AI being introduced. All this, um, and because of that, like there's this moment <laughs> where it's like you can do career jumps that you could not do two years ago because mm -hmm. of that, right? Like nobody is an expert in this. And so by becoming an expert in this field or adopting it as like faster than other people, you have this opportunity. It's like what happened with mobile, right? Where you had all these developers, like because nobody knew how to develop mobile really effectively, they came and they developed mobile. And because of that basic technology change with mobile devices, right? Like we saw this as well, where nobody knew exactly what they were doing. Um, and because of that, like all of these developers came in, they basically positioned themselves as being experts in mobile. And that same opportunity is happening now within the AI space. Like you can position yourself because no, because the, the the playing field is even because everybody's starting at the same place. So I think looking for those moments in time when you can have those like those moments of disruption create a ton of opportunity for you within your career. Like it's just figuring out, OK, this is that that shift that's happening. We're seeing a global shift. How do I ride that wave and 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 be a part of that that change that's happening? So. Those were, again, some excellent points. And maybe to close off the conversation, to start wrapping it up, uh, besides this uh, great tip on kind of transforming volatility into a business advantage, what would be your other top tips for our listeners on, on how you know people and businesses can leverage volatility and transform it into an advantage instead of fighting against it? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing this happen right now in the agency space in particular. So like, there's all these agencies that are like, we're 100% human content, right? Mm -hmm. And they're like fighting this wave. And I just saw an SEO agency that had 200 employees go out of business, right? Like this happened three months ago. And it was because they didn't adopt <laughs> these new technologies that are changing the industry, right? And in contrast, you have these other like another like there's this other SEO agency, it's called Boring Marketing. They're like from, you know, their homepage is literally like AI SEO or AI powered SEO, right? And so like what used to cost 30 grand, they're charging people, you know, 3000, right? Mm -hmm. And just by positioning themselves in that way and having that transparency of like, okay, like we are, we are using this thing, but we're doing it in a way that's creating like the same outcomes for you as if you were doing this previously. Like, I think people get hung up on like, if I'm a client, like I don't care about the process. I care about the end product and the impact that it makes to me, right? So I guess like in relating this to disruption, like if the if all of the we we always say call it like the sausage making, like all the sausage making mm -hmm. that happens, like I don't care how that happens and I don't want to see it. I just want the end result, right? Mm -hmm. I just want like the final product. And I think thinking about that and employing that in like these disruptive moments uh, is is really critical. Like nobody cares about how it gets done. They just want to know that it got done, right? And so like, they, again, just focusing on that end product result. 
but it also ties back to to the previous point right about positioning yourself as as the expert because if you haven't positioned yourself as the expert then that 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 uh, price reduction might not seem as appealing if you're not like clearly an expert in what you do 100% 100% i think it's like there's a moment now too i mean we're seeing this more and more with founders like they're they're doing podcasts and they have these newsletters and they like are automating <laughs> their twitters with ai right like basically these they the position the founders can position their companies so effectively now more than they ever could before with the ability to produce media right like you record this podcast you sit down for an hour it turns into all these clips that go on social media it turns into blog posts it turns into linkedin posts it turns into right and all this takes is maybe 2 hours of your time with all the tools that are available now and so I think that like right now, there's more of an opportunity, like, like we have this base technology change and all of the tools that are being built on top of this base technology change, AI, are also enabling like business owners and founders and, and employees to basically brand themselves in a way that they could never previously do. You need a team of 10 people, but now it's like, okay, cool. I jump into Zoom. I record this. I, I throw it into one of these tools that like transforms it into written content. And okay, I just produced all of this, this content, like more content than a fortune 500 company will do in a quarter, right? Like I can do that alone as an individual with like five hours of time. Like that's crazy that that like that shift has happened. Yeah, that definitely like uh, compared to previous like tech, uh, to maybe to the previous example that you gave about uh, mobile being similarly disruptive. But from what I gather, this because of what you just highlighted the disruption of ai is even bigger because because of what it allows businesses to do not just in how it changes you know users and consumers perceptions and habits and everything for sure for sure i mean i think on the business owner's side what's crazy is like just seeing the automation that's starting to happen like i like my friend runs this company and like all he does is he goes and he looks at business processes and he's like what can we automate and what can we mm. offshore <laughs> and mm. like, you know, delegate out to offshore teams and then have them augmented by AI as well. But he was just telling me, um, I had a conversation with him like three weeks ago and he went into a real estate agency and they have a hundred person team and he looked at their whole like workflow and he basically automated 80% of it. Mm. So he goes to the CEO and he's like, okay, we just automated all of this paper pushing that was happening. And they're like, you know, they just cut their costs like so dramatically, which allows their team to focus on the like really high touch, like human parts, which is like in real estate selling and buying, right? It's like those, mm -hmm. like those pieces, like we can't automate that, but all of that middle that, you know, in between can be augmented. And that's the, like, that's the opportunity that exists right now. Like that's this moment, like that's this moment in time that we're in that we can all seize if we decide, right? So Cody, that was a perfect note to finish on and a great conversation through and through just before we wrap it up and jump off the call. If our listeners would like to connect with you or reach out to you or learn more about you, where would you send them to? Yeah, yeah. So you can go or I'm on, on Twitter and LinkedIn. That's probably where I'm most active. Um, if you honestly just Google Cody Schneider, both of them should come up. And yeah, that's probably the easiest way. And then uh, the two companies I'm working on are drafthorseai.com and then swellai.com. So swell is focused on content repurposing and drafthorse is focused on the AI content writing um, at scale. Okay. Awesome. We'll make sure to add everything to the show notes. And Cody, thanks again for the great talk. Thanks for having me, Tim. Appreciate it. And well to our listeners, that's all for this episode. Have a great day, everyone, and stay safe. Thanks for tuning in. 
If you'd like to check out our other episodes, you can find all of them at agiledrop.com slash podcast, as well as on all the most popular podcasting platforms. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes, and don't forget to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues.